0: Hey, quiet over there. Fine. What up, everyone? Uh, welcome. Thank you all for coming. Uh, shout out X Pizza again for hosting. As always, uh, this is ooh, yeah. Let's get the get the stream going. Um, we're live. We're live on Mixcloud. Uh, this is volume five. I think maybe it's six. Actually, I can't even remember. Anyways, today we got in the building, moist breezy. So, without further ado, take it away.
1: Ooh. Uh-huh. You have to take do to your own
0: Moist Breezy, everyone! Woo! All right. We are going to chat a little bit, as we do here, on the Artist Series. So, yeah, first off, I just wanted to ask, uh, talk about just where where the Moist Breezy project came from. I mean, uh, this was this your first formal project? I'm assuming you've been making music for a while, but, like, was this your first venture? How did it come about?
2: Yeah, so this is, yeah, technically my first um project, real project in music. Um, Do you want to keep the echo on? (laughs) (laughs) I just realized I we plugged into this. Uh,
0: sounds good. Sounds good. We can keep the echo going for the interview.
2: Maybe something a little less...
1: um, How is this one? This this one's a bit more normal. (laughs) It was a little distracting
2: for me. (laughs) I was getting lost in it. Uh, Yeah, so Moist Breezy is, yeah, technically my first real project um, in music. It all kind of happened accidentally, I guess, starting with the name. Um, So when I was in college, I went to NYU. I was studying film, actually, and I had a friend uh, who was producing beats. Uh, He did, like, Electro House type stuff at the time. And he found this musical I wrote in high school on my computer, Not something that was really like meant for people, it was um, for a class project. Um, But he uh, wanted to get me to do vocals for his project and I would just troll him with these vulgar raps that were really unserious. I would be like drunk and write him like a a rap that was really not what he was asking for. And he's like, oh, you need a terrible name for this rap project, you should go by Moist Princess. I was like, oh, that's great, I'll be Moist Princess. And I put, uh, one of these wraps on SoundCloud and someone was like, trolling real hard, keep it real moist breezy. I was like, wait, moist breezy is even better. Uh, so I just made that my name on, like, Instagram and SoundCloud and all of that. And when I started, Trying to learn how to produce myself, I just threw something on SoundCloud, and I had some friends who are DJs uh, who were like kind of coming up at the time, and they were like, "Oh, damn, this is like kind of good for your first real attempt at production. Oh, okay. Let's repost it." And I got like a thousand plays in one day. I was like, "Oh, oh okay. I'm a music
1: career." Oh, yeah.
0: so, um, came from just a joke. Right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, so it was a joke. That great. Now I really appreciate that because I read that in one of your interviews about how the name came about. And as someone who also like made their, like, creative name just as, like, a stupid drunk joke one time. Like, Young Warhol was just, like, a dumb idea I had in, like, 2015 that I just was like, I'm gonna be really insufferable and make that my Instagram name. And that's just been my, like, creative moniker since. So I do really appreciate someone else, yeah, like, making their serious creative name just, like, a stupid inside joke. But, hell yeah. So, yeah, so when... So he said, yeah, this has been a couple years in the making now. So, like, yeah, we'll talk a bit about, like, what kind of... Like, what, yeah, what did you set out to do with like the Moist Breezy project? Like, was there like a specific sound you wanted to make with it? Once you were like, okay, I, I actually like, you know, messing around with this, like, I want to I mean, seriously uh, make some music. Yeah, like, what did you set out to make a certain sound or did you just sort of like it come together, experimenting? About-
1: yeah,
2: well, at first I didn't, like, way back when, like 2014, 2015, I didn't have a plan with what I was doing. I was just trying to learn production and at the time I was really influenced by I had just discovered PC Music and Sophie and Nightcore uh, and that was really influential to me learning at the time um, but then I found Unicorn Kids Project which I was like, Unicorn Kid at the time stopped making music. And I was like, oh this is amazing um, and I was really digging like, like the C-Punk thing so I thought I would lean more into that but even like for a few years, I was just trying out different things. I think with my first mixtape, Breezy, that's my what I consider like the real start of my project. That at that point, twenty twenty, right? Yeah, so that yeah. came out in twenty twenty. Um, but yes. I've been working on trying to work on a mixtape for like three years before that came out. Um, and there was this whole like mixtape and a half that I scrapped before coming to what Breezy was. Um, but yeah, that was, like, at that point, I felt confident enough in production that I was like, I can say what I want to say. Um, thought a lot about uh, what I wanted my voice to be. Because I had, like, years of, like, experimenting with stuff. So I was kind of going back to some things I tried out.
0: <laughs> this is a pizza restaurant. <laughs> you're all, again, you're all welcome to get pizza and stuff. Uh, Continue. Um,
2: okay. okay, so I, like, in... Uh there had been a few I started producing at the end of 2014 like that's when I was seriously trying to produce it. was a good few years that I was uh, experimenting with different stuff and I kind of went back to uh, w- some ideas I had been working on in 2015 sound wise and just doing a more updated more polished version of that lane where it was dance influenced but also poppy very euphoric um, but for that project, um, I had a very specific thesis in mind that was more than, it was like supposed to be more than just that project of like, oh, what type of music do I wanna put out in the world? Um, I like was someone who was really into dystopic stuff, but I think I was seeing how you couldn't really tell the difference between dystopic art and real life anymore. I was like, oh, I kinda of wanna make something that's a fantasy, that's hopeful. Um, and I like that was it was really important to me that that was like my thesis for what I was doing was trying to bring something that was light um, into the world light and breezy
0: yeah yeah,
1: <laughs>
0: yeah no that, I was going to ask you that later but we can get into that now yeah I mean that's like definitely like the one the main thing like I first noticed when I like discovered your work was like yeah I mean it's just there's very much a world built around it and I was like someone who that's kind of my approach to art as well i mean i don't make music i make clothes and stuff but like yeah with each season it's like i want to tell a story and yeah i'd done like sort of stuff like take you know a take on what was going on and then i was like you know the world is so fucking depressing i don't even really want to comment on that i kind of want to do just like make a fantasy thing and that's where a lot of like my recent seasons have come in so yeah i mean I, i think it's like really um that was going to be one of my next questions but we can talk about it now like yeah talk about how sort of a whole like world building came around because obviously like the visuals are such a huge part of it And as you said like you came into it with like a really specific idea of like yeah not just oh i want to make you know kind of dance inspired music but like i have a specific whole world that i want to build so yeah talk about how that came about i mean like you said years of experimenting but uh yeah just sort of talk about the visuals and the whole overarching theme behind it
2: so I realized that's essentially how I operate as an artist or just in general. Like, I've always, both in terms of how I tend to view the world in the art that I like, like, I really love world-building artists who, um, they're, like, the musicians, or you know exactly where their world lives, and when you listen to it, you enter that world. Uh, like, Lana Del Rey I think is like, a great example of that. Like, I was like, oh, I love Lana Del Rey because of the world she builds. Yeah. And it's also how I just move through life. It's like I just create these fantasies in my head. It's like the whole meme where it's like, oh, you create your little fantasy story before going to sleep. I was like, that's literally, yeah. (laughs) Um, Same
0: way as well, yeah.
2: And it made it um, easier working, especially on a full length project, to. Like with Breezy, I decided this takes place in a specific world. I had a mood board. A lot of it really came down to this one picture, which was a painting. Uh, I don't remember who the painting was, but it was based off of the Peter Pan Disney movie. But um, it was like a specific uh, painting of the mermaids in this um, like oasis type world. And that's, I had to pick one image. That was what I had in my mind when I was working on that project. And for that one specifically, I wanted to make it all feel like it was in this place. And then for uh, Pure Imagination, my last album, it wasn't as I didn't really see a place in my mind, but that was more like a, a person or an idea of a person. Um, but yes, yeah, so I like to create some sort of through line. Um,
0: sort of coming into your own as like an artist, really. Like, I mean, you said you had the first project. That was like, let me build this world around it, and then yeah, like two years because peer imagination was earlier this year, right? Yeah. So I uh, sort of see it as like, yeah, okay, now I sort of know the world that I want to create, and now I kind of want to just like inhabit it a little more. And all right, well, I, well I've got a lot of more questions about the album and stuff, but that's enough talking for right now. So let's uh, let's get back to the music, folks, and give it up, everyone, Moist yeah. Woo!
1: everyone
0: Woo! all right so um i wanted to talk i mean we were getting into it before and i so i wanted to talk more about your production process because i was reading you know some of the stuff that you said in interviews past and thought it was very interesting how you talked about how like you really work like simultaneously um on making your own beats and like doing the vocals and you seem sort of overall like a very like do it all yourself artist so i wanted to like ask you know was that like intentional or you know how what is it like to work as a collaborating with other people to bring your own project versus doing it all yourself like did you when you started like working on this were you sort of like okay i need to be able to do everything myself to like, bring what I want to life or, yeah, talk about how like that kind of approach came together.
2: Yeah, well, it started out of necessity. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, again, when I started, yeah. I was learning how to produce, because as I said, the story of uh, my friend was getting me to do vocals for him. In the process of me writing vocals for his beats, I just started writing music myself, and I was just really into just music in general. I was really into dance music too. I was really in the dance music world, so I wanted to learn how to produce, especially in the dance music world. And when I started, I had that more in mind, like like DJ type stuff um, versus pop music um, and. I, to, to me, I think being a woman in the dance music world was really important to produce myself. And then as I started producing, I realized I liked making pop music. I started using my own vocals uh, to make myself stand out. But as I started making music, working on music more, that's when I was like, oh, I really want to make pop music. Um, but at this point, like, I was so used to doing everything myself and a part of it's like a budget thing is oh like i'd rather save money and mix and master myself but some of it also the longer i do things myself the more it's just a part of my process like mixing is a part of producing for me so that's something that'd be really hard to give away to someone else um and other times like i tried working with other people for mastering i was like oh i can pretty much do this (laughs) myself Um, so, so for some of it it's like keeping the creative process um, under control, but I really see myself more as a producer than a singer, uh-huh. which is something I think people don't necessarily know from yeah. observing me. I think they assume if someone's a pop artist, that they're a singer they're first. They're a performer. They're like a pop singer. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. So producing is very important. Uh, like Producing myself is a really important part of my process. Um, but yeah I did for Breezy I did all the visuals myself too uh, that was you know being in the pandemic stuck inside um, kind of you know forced me to yeah, do that in a so. way but I think it allowed me to like tap into a part of my creativity I wouldn't have thought of otherwise but in yeah, my last album I wanted to work with collaborators on the visual side as yeah for me I think the the start of the project, where I'm writing and producing, and because I write and produce at the same time, uh, it's really important for that to come from myself and be a part of my own process. And then once like the, the album's made, I'm creating visuals, it's easier for me to bring in collaborators there then when it's like, oh, I have everything.
0: Everything's already there. there. It's yeah. like how to bring it to life and whatnot. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely the same way i mean when i started making clothes it was like okay i just have to do everything myself because i don't have the money for it but even as it's gotten bigger i'm like i just it's so hard for me to delegate stuff when it's like so fully my idea i mean like you know obviously people make people were in bands they you know make collaborative efforts but like for my art it's like so much just my own thing that it's very hard for me to just be like oh yeah and you can work on like the flyers or you can work on this thing i'm just like no i need to fuck it myself but yeah i mean so that was the other thing that i was really struck by when you were talking about your create your like production process because yeah you said you don't really make beats and then put in vocals or like write verses and then put a You said it's really simultaneous for you like you'll be working on like on uh yeah on breaks and snares and everything blah 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 like as you're and then saying oh well, this vocal kind of goes which is super interesting i mean was that just sort of a, a way that you developed when you were teaching yourself how to make music and whatnot because you said you spent like years learning or yeah I mean talk about that process because it's like it's definitely very interesting compared to how a lot of other artists operate
2: yeah I think that's how it developed as I was learning how to produce Um, Like, I can't even remember when I first um, started thinking like oh let me uh, start singing over my own beats but yeah as I was learning my process uh, I think when I hit something that I liked production wise I'll start with the production and then um, I'll start, like a melody will come to me, and I'll start singing over it. Um, and so that's kind of how it goes hand in hand, because once I have some chords down or some beat, it's usually some melody comes, and that's, when I have an idea of what I want the song to be in terms of the vocals and lyrics, then I can flush it out, even production-wise. So what I do is I have a notes app, and just anytime I something comes across my mind, I'll like write, it down my notes app. that could be a potential lyric. Um, and so this will just be like, I could be on the subway, I could be out, I could be listening to another song. Um, so I just like collect all this and when I actually sit down to start producing um, and a melody starts coming to me, I can just scroll through and see, oh, what of these fits? And then I'll flesh out the song from there. Um, and also when I have, if I'm working on a full length project, I'll have a theme or a concept for the whole project um So that also it helps with that it's like, oh, I have the theme, then I'll go and say, what type of beat do I want to, start messing around with and once i have the basis of the beat usually a, a melody comes to
0: me yeah.
2: so if something doesn't come to me in the process i usually just ditch it just i don't cut, really even yeah. like make a full beat <laughs> course
0: away to like no i need to make this work like it's just very natural yeah i'm the same way i mean when i because i'm like you know i mean i'm someone who like with each co- phone collection like i love to have like a full narrative and story and whatnot so yeah i like a lot of how like future seasons come together for me is all like have an idea like or, yeah literally just something like i thought of when i'm on the subway and i'll be like oh that could be kind of cool let me explore that and then i'll like well that doesn't really fit with what i'm doing now so I'll, like i think the last three seasons i've done have come from ideas i've had where i was making the current season was like well this doesn't work for this but i want to save it for the future like my fourth collection was on like love and emotions and whatnot and i kept like coming back to like wanting to use like catholic imagery in it and I was like I should just do a whole like collection on that which is what happened with season 5. So, yeah, I think it's sort of like very interesting like mixing and matching where, you know, where the inspiration comes to you and kind of building it all at once. So, yeah, so while we're on the topic of how your music's made, talk a little bit about Pure Imagination, which is your album that was released earlier this year. You said it was the second project you done. You did Breezy in 2020. This was a more, you know, I guess guess fully fleshed out thing. It, um, but yeah, so talk a little bit about that, how the process came together. What did you set out to do with that? Was it like different than how you approached Breezy? Yeah, talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so
2: yeah, Breezy was, I called it a mixtape, yeah. um, partly to uh, keep uh, to make it not so stressful for myself doing my first full-length project. And then Pure Imagination, as I was working, I was like, this is my first album.
1: Yep,
2: debut. Uh, yeah, like my de- quote-unquote debut uh, album. Um, but I came up with a concept of this, I think it was the beginning of 2021. Um, the, I was watching uh, Hunter Schaefer's epi- special episode of Euphoria, uh, the jewels episode yeah. and there's uh, a part where she's like oh it's the best sex I've ever had because it was all pure fucking imagination <laughs> I think oh. when I was remembering it I thought she was talking about the relationship and I like went back to watch it, and I was like that was the actual quote <laughs> um, but um I related to the, the concept of uh something like a relationship being so good because it's all in your head yeah. um, and that was like the start of the idea I also knew I wanted to do something really trancy. Uh I think the original concept was I wanted to do something that was pure trance um, but as I was working on this project I leaned more into including other Dance sounds from the late 90s and early 2000s, so it wasn't strictly dance. But this one was also, I took a lot of inspiration from what was happening in my personal life uh, as well. Um, a lot of stuff that was like, this makes me feel crazy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but my, as my friend pointed, I was like, well, you created a narrative. You might yeah. as well do something with it. So yeah, I turned it into uh, an album. Is oh, yeah. Um, how
0: does it I mean because you're someone as we talked about that like it's very much the projects are their own world their own narrative how do you sort of approach it when you have an idea that doesn't really quite fit in what you're doing i mean do you try to kind of like conform it to because you were just saying how like you wanted to do all trance and then kind of was like no i want to do more poppy beats whatnot so yeah how do you sort of approach that when you like are Set out to do something as you obviously do with your projects, and then, like, you know, you kind of start to work on something that you like but might not really fit with it. Do you sort of try to conform it, or do you, or you're sort of like, oh, well, this could kind of change what the project is? Like, yeah, how do you approach that? Kind of,
2: Oh, I think, like, with this, I didn't have like a strict, at the very beginning, like a strict this is what it should be. I had these ideas and as I worked on it, it helped develop where it went. Yeah, like, there was a moment I was like, oh, I want to do a pure trance project. Uh, and as I started working on it, I was like, oh, I actually want to do stuff that's more Eurodance too, and maybe one that's a bit more house. Um, and at some point I started seeing like, this is kind of like um, those dance compilation CDs that they put out like, and now that's what I call yeah. music. I was really pulling from uh, a lot of big songs from that era, like dance pop or dance songs, uh, as inspiration. And there are some songs that I can be like, oh, this is my Waiting for Tonight yeah. by Jennifer Lopez. This is my share, believe. Yeah. Um, so well, Yeah,
0: because I mean, especially like to talk about genre specifically. I mean like the Eurodance and everything, that is such an interesting like genre because it's so much of like when cultures and styles like clash really quickly. Like how do they all I mean, I remember when not to not to fucking bring it up, but the goddamn uh, what was the meme, the fucking Eurodance meme oh, thing again? Planet. of the Base, of the Base yeah. <sighs> no, I don't think that guy's very funny. But uh but yeah. when that when that meme was blowing up, um, that uh I mean they we were saying it's like it the Euro dance style from the 90s is such a funny mashup of cultures because it was like post-Cold War that all of a sudden like Eastern Europe just got exposed to like Western culture but like it was all MTV and like Michael Jackson and dance and so it was just like this massive like yeah confluence of sounds and whatnot that produced like really fucking like good and interesting styles so yeah it is like sort of funny like to come Back to when you're working on stuff and you're like, I actually you know, want to come back to this like genre that is such like a mashup of so many different sounds and whatnot. But all right. So let's get back to the music right now because uh, we've talked far enough for right now. And yeah, once again, Moist Breezy, take it away. Alright, once again, Moist Breezy everyone! Alright, so we are gonna finish this up in a little bit. But I got a few more questions, and then Moist Breezy is gonna do one or two more songs, and then we are done. So, yeah, I wanted to talk because uh, every. We've had a bunch of different uh, artists, different genres on the show, and I like to do a sort of sort of state of the genre uh talk with them. So I mean last time we had Savoya on his rock band and we were sort of talking about what does it mean to be a rock and roll band in twenty twenty three when like live music is I mean live like instruments are making like a real big comeback and you have bands like the nineteen seventy five that are huge but not necessarily like rock bands. So I did I mean obviously it's a massive question, but yeah like where what do you sort of see pop music being in twenty twenty three uh, and where do you sort of see it going? I mean, you were talking about how you really want to be seen as, like, a producer, not necessarily, like, a pop diva and whatnot. Um, so, yeah, I mean, just, like, with all of your, like, different styles that you sort of bring together, where do you sort of see, like, the state of pop music right now? Because there is definitely, like, you know, a big in the last, like, couple of years um, with, like, just dance music and, like, sort of neo-disco and whatnot, come back with, like, Charlie XCX, uh, Dua Lipa and whatnot. But yeah, just sort of what if you wanted to give your thoughts on, or the genre in general.
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a, a lot to uh, go off of here. Uh, I mean, part of it is um, I yeah, I do love pop music, but like certain types of pop music, and I think that's kind of important for what perspective I have is that I love. Like, to me pop isn't so much its own genre, more so that it takes from other genres and packages in a way that makes it more accessible for the masses. Uh, and I really like pop best when it takes something else and presents it in a way that's more theatrical or more this or that like, like Madonna and Lady Gaga, for example, is like I can always go back and uh, dig through, like, a Madonna album because you can tell she's working with whatever hot producer was happening at the time and making it her own. And she would always have some really weird track, too, on her albums, uh, like, on uh, Confessions on a Dance Floor. It's the I Love New York track. Or when you first listen to you're like, who would write a song like this? Or is, like, calling people who don't like New York a dork? Um, (laughs) Or recently I got into, like, M D N A and the second song on that album is Gang Bang and she's just talking about shooting someone. <laughs> uh, it's very camp, like that song, yeah. it's like feels like a movie character um, but for me, like I think pop is most interesting when it's tapping into uh, something else rather than pure like quote-unquote pure pop because i don't yeah. really know like what that is i think even when you're doing pure pop is referencing something else yeah, usually I
0: mean, the 80s yeah <laughs> no i mean it definitely is of all the genres like the less that the least actual like a genre because it does encompass so much and that was what we were talking about last week with savoya with like yeah what does rock and roll mean anymore like is there even like a rock genre left or is it really just sort of like the the trappings of like what does like you know rock and roll aesthetics and whatnot like people talk about rappers being the new rock stars and all that means that they just give crazy live performances so yeah I mean I think that is sort of like interesting to talk about with pop because yeah you've seen um, you see with like a lot of house stars Madonna being the most obvious one where yeah you can really see like what sort of like subculture or like niche genre she's Referencing and sort of repackaging for a wider audience, which you know I think that people can get mad at that idea that it's like you know appropriating or whatnot. But I think it's true. I think the, the optimistic way to look at that is it's like yeah, you are repackaging something for a more like accessible and like mass produced, not mass produced in a bad way, but just in a way that more people can see it and understand it. And I think that you know interesting stuff with genres happens when you bring together different kind of styles and whatnot. So, yeah, I mean, I, it's obviously, like, a big question, but, yeah, I mean, do you sort of, with pop music, I mean, definitely the last few years, like, yeah, there's been a lot of, like, a lot of, like, neo-disco and whatnot, a lot of, like, reggaeton and, like, you know, Caribbean influences. Yeah, I mean, what, um as you work on music and whatnot, do you sort of try to... I don't know. Draw, I mean, obviously, you talk about drawing on artists that you like loved growing up and whatnot, but yeah, how do you sort of balance like drawing on the past versus like trying to create a new sound if that's even what you're trying to do?
2: Right? Yeah. So for me, um, like I coming up as a producer, I did come up from the electronic world, uh, and in, in the electronic world, I think. People are really obsessed with the idea of creating a new sound. Uh, particularly when I started producing, that was when Sophie was getting popular. We know like Sophie became popular for yeah. the way she would manipulate sound, which I think is great for like certain artists if you're into sound design. But I think getting caught up in trying to create something totally new can be yeah. Like, I don't think we all need to do that. Yeah. And so that's, like, for me, like, liberating myself from the idea of, oh, I need to create a new sound. So I think for me, when I go and I pull from things that I enjoyed when I was younger, for example, like, I'm not necessarily trying to do a uh, direct recreation. Uh, Like, I will hear things I like, and I try to interpret it in a way that makes sense to me. And some of it's also, like, allowing myself to not know the full history or knowledge of something where, uh, like, I have some producer friends where you play a song, they'll be like, oh yeah, that's a gated eighty snare they can yeah. name you every sound but really like, not knowing all of that, I think allows me to create something new by accident
0: Yeah, like, your own take on it, really, like, without knowing the whole background yeah, it doesn't necessarily make you uninformed but it's, like, just sort of bringing your own perspective to something, rather than, like, oh I know the exact history of this and I can recreate it, like, perfectly it's like, alright, well that's not really, like interesting necessarily not to say that like yeah music can't be good if it isn't just like a rehash or something but yeah it is like a sort of way to have your own take on something just by virtue of like bringing your own perspective to it yeah which is super interesting i mean and yeah i think you know what we were sort of talking about earlier with pop music i mean i think the last 10 years or so i mean and this is sort of an overstatement because obviously you've had like madonna like michael jackson people who have been acclaimed artists for decades but the last 10 years there really was a big shift towards optimism and like you know the idea that like pop mainstream music can be critically acclaimed we can you know discuss artists like beyonce like ariana grande like lady gaga like on on the level as like any you know of the most critically acclaimed artists and that it's not just like vapid pop or whatnot which i think was sort of what like Early two thousands was sort of like derogatorily like referred right. to, which is funny because at the same time, like as you know, we're talking about like Eurodance and stuff coming back. So much of like that era that was sort of written off as like like you know brainless, like mindless pop is like kind of had a reevaluation. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't even really have a question <laughs> to that. I mean, I think they made a lot of interesting points, but yeah, I mean, like where do you sort of see like the de- I mean the, the the future of mainstream pop music going. I mean, you think it's just going to be more of this like kind of sampling sounds and you know seeing where it goes and yeah. Yeah. Uh,
2: I mean, there's a lot there that I yeah. could yeah, touch on because uh, yeah, I feel like pop optimism is kind of the approach I have to pop music myself. Yeah. As pop isn't easy to make. Yeah. Uh, like, for it being so quote-unquote vapid is actually yeah. the most difficult yeah, genre exactly. to pull off well, like, to actually make a pop song that resonates with people and is timeless. Um, but on the other hand, too, I think people have some, like, preconceived notions that for something to be worth, cri- like, being critically acclaimed, it has to be, like, dark or about serious yeah. topics. I think Bjork is like been in interviewed where she talked about how uh I don't know, there was something about once she started uh, singing about heartbreak she got taken more seriously like there's all these preconceived yeah. notions we have and i think for me writing pop music uh i like using uh styles and even just like the way a Eurodance song would be so simplistic in its lyrics but using that to tell a story using that as a tool um uh, on the other hand, in terms of where pop music is today, a lot of the major label stuff is really reductive right now. It's like every other tweet I see, is like, "Why is every song an interpolation of a song from the 2000s?" Yeah. Uh, where there, I know there are articles that are going into how there's a cash grab with publishers, uh, where they can make twice the money if they yeah. sample a song from their catalog. But at the same time, I think there has been this new wave of artists making pop music as a genre, a lot of independent artists uh, in particular coming up, and that's kind of the whole, this is a whole other discussion of like hyper-pop yeah. uh, coming about, where it was kind of pop done in a subculture way, and it evolved in many different directions, the term means different things to different people. Um but yeah in terms of, yeah i think we're in a strange place with pop right now because i think what it's going to look like in the future is going to be really different than what we've had in the past uh just culturally things have shifted with the way technology has developed So like in the 90s you could have someone like britney spears because it wasn't easy to get someone out to everyone but now it's Anyone could make a song that is well-produced, and you could make a TikTok to it, and it could go viral. Um, By the same time, you might not have longevity as an artist. Um, So I think the way that we're going to consume and produce what is that type of pop star is going to look differently, uh, and it's probably going to be someone doing something we cannot expect that will kind of pave the way for what it looks like in the future. But right now, I think we're there's a lot of experimentation yeah.
0: a lot of room for experimentation yeah. to happen in that sense and we'd be here for another two hours yeah. if we wanted to you know delve into that i mean there's a whole other thing with you yeah, how is like TikTok changed approach to music making how streaming whatever we 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 will have you back at some other time we can get more into that but all right so as we wrap up here uh what is the future like for moist breezy what do you i know you have a show coming up soon uh but yeah what do you want to plug and what's what's the future hold
2: Oh, so this week, I'm performing live at Elsewhere. This Thursday, I'm opening for Zand uh, for their Sewer Star Tour. Uh, I think doors are at 6.
0: Oh.
2: And then on Friday, uh, I throw a party with my friends called Hula Hoop, which is uh, all about euphoric dance, zero dance, trance, all those vibes. And we are uh, have our next party this Friday at Mootering at okay. 10.
1: Um, so right. did I come through
0: to those alright well let's hear one more song and then we will be out of here everyone one last time Moist Breezy everyone woo sir